it's both sides of the equation. It's helping nursing homes. Nursing homes, it's the most at need facility that needs the staffing. Like we talked about hospitals don't have as bad a situation. That's kind of what we build our platform off of. You know, I hate to say that we're the Uber of, but in the on-demand economy, it's instant gratification to say I have a shift coming up right now and I'm able to work. We do. Welcome to the Nursing Home Podcast, your go-to source for professional insights in the long-term care industry. Hear from leaders and experts as they share current and practical insights to help make the most of your day. I'm a long-term care financial specialist. What that means is I help people plan for the inevitable. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to think about getting old, but it's possible that someday we might need a little bit of care. Here's your host, nursing home administrator turned podcaster, Shmuel Septimus. Welcome to this episode of the Nursing Home Podcast. We're really excited to bring you another episode of the show. My guest today is Chris Caulfield. Chris has a very innovative software solution to a very painful nursing home problem. And Chris, first of all, welcome to the show. And please, just before we even jump into the solution, tell us a little bit about who you are uh, personally, just to give us an idea of who we're talking to, and professionally, how you kind of evolved to where you are right now in your business. Sure. First, thanks for having me. So I've been a nurse for about 10 years. I've worked in a couple different settings, long-term care, nursing informatics, home health. I've also been a nursing union representative. So I was working about five years ago in the labor world and also in nursing informatics. We were having a lot of issues at our facility with covering shifts that were short notice. So all of my fellow colleagues were being mandated to stay 16 hours. We weren't having just gaps in our holes being filled. And we went to the administrators. There were some great people. We asked them, what type of solutions can we use agencies? But there was really no agency solution out there or kind of um, solution to fill in short periods of time when we really need staff. We just didn't have it. So we started in telecare. I actually formed it with the director of IT at that hospital long-term acute care facility. Um, we've been going at it for about four years now, and we specifically focus on nursing homes. Okay. Wow. So basically, you've lived and breathed the problem. Yep. So you understand what it's like to be mandated to stay an extra shift. Oh, yeah. And even though it's not legal, but sometimes there are nurses that end up staying three shifts. How they physically do that, I have no idea. I mean, I do know. They probably they must sleep somewhere in the middle. It's not good for patient care, let's just say that, but it happens. It's not good for patient care. It's not good for staff care. Of course, yeah. It's not good for patient care. It's not good for anybody. It does not make any sense. Nobody could work 24 hours straight. Yeah. Some of us struggle to get through the regular nine to five <laughs> about working 16 hours, which nurses are sometimes used to. So let's talk about the problem before we talk about your specific solution. I can tell you from my experience as a nursing home administrator that there are many times filling the nursing shifts is a challenge because the rates that we pay in the nursing home is significantly less. The nurses will get paid in other settings the work is significantly more labor intensive Mm -hmm. and with limited resources. So it's difficult to get nurses to work in a nursing home to begin with. So let's start from that angle. Again, talking to your nursing background, Mm -hmm. what type of nurses are actually more prone to choose a nursing home setting versus a hospital setting? I'll just tell you, my son was born around a year and a half ago. We ended up in the NICU for a week or two. And I was an active nursing home administrator, and I come in there and there's one nurse 
that dealing with one or maybe two babies mm-hmm. for the entire shift. And for a lot of that shift, and again, the babies in the NICU, but they were, you know, it was a slight breathing issue. It was checking oxygen levels and uh, just changing a diaper. It was like so quiet and calm and just the exact opposite of what I'm used to. And from what I understand, the pay is that much higher. Why would someone choose a nursing home over such a setting? And then let's figure out why there's a problem. Sure. I mean, in my experience in nursing homes all over the country, I primarily see a high concentration of LPNs being the staff nurses at nursing homes. I've actually seen in Massachusetts, there's actually more RNs working than other parts of the country. But you know, primarily, it's somebody that has gone out of school, they got their first job, and they actually really like to work in nursing homes. They like dealing with geriatric care patients. As well as you know, certified nursing assistants, our big pool is actually a big bulk of nursing assistants then it's about 33% that we staff for LPNs and RNs. So it's somebody looking for consistency, somebody that likes geriatric care. And, you know, some do take jumps and move into the ICU level care, which, you know, it's much different working with one patient compared to 20 in the daytime and 40 at nighttime. But, you know, it's, you usually have to love it. Now, I don't want to jump into it, but in our pool of nurses, we do have a, a vast different amount and types of nurses. We do have hospital nurses that pick up shifts. At nursing homes. We do occasionally have the ICU nurse pick it up, but they usually don't like to jump away from their one patient. But there's a big, vast amount of nurses that will work in long-term care if it's picking up a shift here and there, covering, getting some extra money. But as far as committing in a full-time spectrum, 40 hours per week, a lot of nurses get burned out in the nursing home setting because the amount of acuity that they're dealing with in the rehab floor, just the amount of patients that they're dealing with in the general typical floor. Got it. Again, so the nursing home industry is specifically from a nursing staffing standpoint. So it's definitely a very significant struggle, right, to staff them. And so you're right that the LPNs and there are those who prefer the geriatric population over, let's say, the ICU, even though it might be calmer on some level. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there's still a tremendous shortage. So that means that if you just add up, if you do the math between the open shifts, let's say in Massachusetts, and the number of available nurses, it can't add up. Then there's a shortage. There are more open shifts available than LPNs to go around, which is why every nursing home is struggling. Absolutely. Right? Is that correct first? Yeah. What adds to that too is if you take, for example, a hospital setting where they have 30 units and a full management staff that's there, they're able to flex different nurses based off of callouts. So they're able to better accommodate their shortages, severe shortages than a nursing home where there might be two units there. You know, in the nighttime nurses, the supervisor. So there's not much room to wiggle. Sometimes you have the DON kind of come in, which makes them kind of really stressed out because they're already working a lot. But there's even more of a shortage in the nursing home just because the logistics within that nursing home is not as set up as a hospital to float to multiple different units and the amount of nurses they have in their pools. So it's twice as bad just for the small setting that you're working with and the opportunities that you have. Okay. So that's definitely true. Right? Each organization is definitely much smaller. Yep. And therefore, it's, you know, they don't have the ability to just say, oh, you were supposed to work on Friday. How about you work on Tuesday? And we'll, by Friday, we'll figure it out. Although we do that sometimes in the nursing home setting as well. But we certainly don't have the yep. same luxury, like you're pointing out, as in the hospital setting. I think at the end of the day, there's more nurses that are needed than nurses that are available. Absolutely. So someone's always going to either be short-staffed or working too many hours in a row the way that it shouldn't be. So your company is IntelliCare, right? Am I saying it right? That's correct, IntelliCare. Okay, I was calling it IntelliCare, but I see it's called IntelliCare. I guess an intelligent way of caring for residents. I assume that's the name? Yeah, that's what we came from. Yep. All right, awesome. So tell us what the system is 
and how does it address this problem? Yeah, so I mean, we focus on the short need kind of one shift off care. So nursing homes, when they typically work with a, a staffing agencies, staffing agencies, they love to get these big blocked booked assignments. And that's what they're really good at doing because it's easier to get a nurse to kind of commit than to call up a bunch of different nurses and say, can you work this shift? And a shift is coming up in six hours. That's kind of what we build our platform off of. You know, I hate to say that we're the Uber of, but it's in the on-demand economy, it's instant gratification to say, I have a shift coming up right now and I'm able to work. And that's what we do. So we've been doing that since we started the company. You know, we've been continuously adding to that product of not just filling last minute shifts. That's what we're good at that other people can't necessarily do. Of course, we've built on some consistency levels of reprioritizing the same nurses that you rank high to keep coming back. And we've added the block booking as well, because from a sniff standpoint, you still want an agency and the same person coming back. So we've definitely added that. But our subject or topic that we're really trying to address is somebody calls out or I don't have somebody on Sunday and how do we get one nurse to fill that spot rather than having to have this long commitment because your census is fluctuating based on your rehab settings and also you know your call outs and your negotiations of I'll work today a double but if I take off Saturday and I've done that in a bunch of different times and all of a sudden the facilities you know what do I do on Saturday so that's what we are we have a lot of our clients you know Massachusetts a lot of our clients put in their shifts on Wednesday for the weekend a lot of them come in the day before a lot of them come in you know that day and that's what we do. We fill just intermittent shifts. Um, and if you want to go beyond that, of course, we can offer that solution. But it's a lot of flexible nurses that are just looking for part-time work that don't necessarily want to do any more hours in their unit. They're just sick and burnt out of it. They want to have a different setting. And you know, we take nurses from med search units at Mass General and Brigham and Women's. They also work for us as well, just picking up shifts at the last minute. So that's our pain point that we address. So. So you don't want to call it Uber for staffing, but that is exactly what it is, right? It's on-demand filling of shifts. And just like Uber, I'm going to use that example sure. because I, I think it's phenomenal. I mean, just like it has a certain built-in transparency where riders can rate their drivers and drivers can rate their riders. And next time, you know, a certain driver comes and they have a low rating, you might cancel that ride and say no. And the same thing, if a ride request comes in as a driver, you might say, I'm not interested in this person. So when the agency comes in, it's almost like the nursing home is desperate. Yep. And the agency knows that. The nurse that picks up the shift knows that. So it doesn't matter what level of care she provides. It also, it's like a one-off thing. So as long as she gets through the eight hours, she's going to get paid regardless of what type of care she actually provides. And the nursing home is kind of stuck with that because at the end of the day, they need someone to take the shift. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're adding the extra layer of transparency. So every shift is rated. The shift is rated by the nurse that you're passing the assignment on them in the first hand. And also for the administrator, for the DON, for the schedule, also gets to go back and rate. They get the experience. They get the real word in the street of what happened in the shift. So all of those shifts that are rated, you know, one through three, I've listened to your previous podcast about repute. A ticket's created, and that's followed up by our clinical team and all professional team. If there's a bad experience, we're following up with that. We call them IntelliPros, our clinical employees, seeing what the situation was. And we're also following back up with the DON, the scheduler, the unit manager, and addressing that because we need quality in, in the particular organization to actually continue to thrive. Facilities won't continue to request if we're sending bad quality individuals. When we do find the really good quality, they're reaching out. They're trying to prioritize them back and also block book them as well. So it's kind of a try before you want to commit to somebody for a longer period of time, but also fill when you really need to. Okay. Interesting. So it's not just the, you know, here's our platform like Uber 
and you know use it and knock yourself out and enjoy it and if it doesn't work too bad you know try lift or buy a car or whatever yep. you're really holding their hands through the process to make sure that it works it's a little bit more complex than getting a ride obviously we're talking about care for frail uh, geriatric patients we're talking about fitting in dynamically with the staff that's already present that already is somewhat hesitant to welcome in agency staff and you're also solving another big problem I don't know if this was done intentionally or not. I can say from a nursing home perspective, you know, whenever we get desperate for staffing and we try to get our per diem list, right, for those who are not familiar with the term, right, those are nurses that signed up or any staff member that signed up where they're promising to pick up a certain minimum number of shifts on a monthly basis, let's say, and many times they don't keep to that minimum. So then we go through the whole list and we say we, you know, we have the scheduler, the business office manager call them up and say, if you don't pick up, by this date, then we're taking off the list, and then they'll pick up for a little bit until next time we get desperate and we have time to call them again. And that doesn't work for either way. It doesn't work for us because unless we chase them down, for the most part, even though they get paid more than uh, regular staff nurse many times, um, they're still not going to call us unless we reach out to them proactively. And for them also, they're not going to get those shifts. They're not going to go and pick it up. But you're saying that they could be now nurses anywhere. And now if a nurse knows that, you know, what they spent a little bit extra money, they went out, you know, over the weekend and went above their budget and now they want to, you know, on a balanced checkbook, they go onto their app, they look for a shift, they pick a nursing home in their area and if there's something available that sounds good, they can jump on it. So was that done intentionally? Yes. As far as giving nurses more opportunities to work, you know, around their schedule. You know, absolutely. It's both sides of the equation. It's helping nursing homes. Nursing homes, it's the most at need facility that needs this staffing. Like we talked about, hospitals don't have as bad a situation. Mm -hmm. So for nurses, it's if you've worked as a nurse and you've moved your way up to medical, surgical and other type of units, a lot of times you've already worked as a nursing home nurse as well. Mm -hmm. So it's actually more relevant for the experienced nurses to also jump back and actually jump back into geriatric care. So you know, there's so many different facilities out there. I know that you're in the, I think the Hingham area and our clientele in that area, there might be 10 facilities that we're servicing within somebody's driving distance in that area. So I have a lot of opportunities, a lot of different facilities I can work at and the shifts, there's usually a lot of different shifts available. So for them, it's definitely the most amount of supply because, you know, Uber drivers, they work for Uber because, you know, there's demand for them to work. Right. A lot of them are doing Lyft because they have to wait around for their shifts. So definitely in nursing home space, it's a generalist type of field for nurses. You don't have to be an ICU nurse, but you do have to have some great experience. But a lot of the nurses have done nursing homes before in the past. They can go back very easy and they can jump back into it. So it's definitely allows the flexibility for that nursing pool and for the CNA staff as well. Got it. Well, a couple of things. Sure. So if there are operators, they're saying, how can we just take Uber driver off the street and put them into the nursing home? So how do you deal with compliance, background checks and licensing and all that? How do I take someone off the street and know that they're safe and in compliance to provide care for my residents. Sure. That's the administrator and me talking. Yeah, of course. We started off doing a traditional agency type of recruiting, going through verifying their license, verifying their references. Something that we're going through now is the Joint Commission accreditation. So we've added on skills checklists. We've added on Joint Commission competency exams. We've added all the additional tests 
testing, exams, training that you could possibly have in addition to the compliance checks, which is state-approved background checks. And I'll say in Massachusetts, it's pretty easy. The Corey check is a pretty online, streamlined system. When we moved into other states, we've moved into Ohio. It's a lot of fingerprint systems, which we haven't got in Massachusetts yet, but the other ones, it involves a little bit more complexity. And I'm hoping Massachusetts pushes this way and other states push to it, that they have a fingerprint background system. But you know, it's OIG checks, SAM checks, all these different checks that you're doing at your facilities. We're doing no different I think the one thing that we are doing is we're running some bots to continuously check OIGs, continuously check to see if there's any nursing license findings. So there's some additional features we're doing that I don't necessarily think that all nursing homes are capable of doing. I haven't seen a software solution out there for that, but you know, it's very much what you're doing. But I think the difference is, is that we have, you know, after they start working, we have this minimal package, which is rather robust to get them going as far as credentialing. Then it's that real-time reviewing because a lot of the stuff that goes on the field may be a professional aspect of somebody having bad communication, which you wouldn't see in the first interview. But we're getting all the feedback every single shift to actually re-rate, retrain. And if they're not succeeding in the network, we're kicking them out. Mm -hmm. Are you offering any level of support to help them succeed? Yes, we have a full operation team. Well, let me add to that. So we have gamification in our system that we reward our employees for getting ranked high, for showing up on time, for not calling out of their shifts. So that system actually brings them into levels. We have a bronze, gold, platinum level that once they start hitting the high levels, they're getting bonus structured for the amount of shifts they complete. They're eligible for bonuses. So to be in that level, you have to really perform and get really good reviews from clients. So there's definitely more that we're getting to that point, but definitely we're motivating and demotivating people to do particular acts, which is basically perform at a high level. Got it. So basically, their reviews, the feedback directly impacts their compensation. Absolutely, yes. All right. It's at least bonus structure. Okay. We don't like to pay different rates. Rates are based on the demand of the, the nursing home. If a nursing home is having a really hard time filling, we will increase rates to get that nursing home filled. We want to support all of our businesses. The price that they see will be the same based on that shift, but if they're performing, they'll get bonuses on top of that, on top of what they're actually seeing for prices. So what would you say to, let's say, administrators, operators? A lot of people are very wary of bringing in agency staff. And I know you may or may not define your company as agency. And some of the reasons are practical, operational. Mm -hmm. Like we mentioned earlier, that you bring someone off the street who doesn't understand the dynamics of the building, they don't know the culture, might not know any some specific clinical needs. And many times the level of care, even for a good agency nurse, is less than acceptable or at least challenging. You know, a good agency nurse will be good, but mm-hmm. it'll be a challenge. And then the other concern is that some agency nurses, unfortunately, really from their performance, it seems to be apparent that they couldn't care less. Mm-hmm. The goal is they want to get through the shift and get paid. So that's one concern is the level of care. Actually, let's focus on that first. Yeah. So I would be reluctant to allow, Yeah, even if it's in telecare, at the same time, they don't have a connection to the building. How do you address that? Yeah. Kind of two questions there are kind of conditions. One is sending a nurse that's unfamiliar with their facility just because the complexities, where's the glucometer? Where's all this other information that you need to know when you get there? We do have options with facilities that in our system, you can show up an hour early before your shift. There is some facilities out there that have gone and thrown on different type of orientations, which doesn't as much work for the the on-demand culture, but we can also accommodate that. I think, you know, right now my mom's in a nursing home. She went for a rehab patient and she's at a facility that we're not staffing and they don't use agency. And when I'm there and I see all of a sudden there's a bunch of call outs and there's actually a nurse or nursing assistant taking on double the amount of patients, 
to say that having an agency nurse there to help, they may not be performing right away at the 100%, but if they're performing at 80% because they're not familiar with some systems, somebody there is far better than nobody there. If you're taking on double the load, it is unsafe. Okay. It is just, it's not good for patient care, particularly, you know, in my family situation. I'm kind of wishing, hey, let's staff them just so we can get somebody here because, you know, not having anybody there and having her wait for two hours with the call light is just, it's unacceptable. And that's what happens when you don't have the staff there. Now, the second question, I believe it was in relation to nursing quality. The nurses that we're sending, are they just not caring? Are they just kind of the ones that float around to different agencies? And, you know, I've seen that. I've seen nurses that float to agency to agency and they get fired and they kind of keep on hustling around different agencies. And I would say the staffing agencies that are having them don't have a good system of quality of ranking of actually acting fast based on information. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is individuals that could potentially scam anybody to get hired into a spot, particularly when, you know, nursing home is really desperate for hiring. Somebody interviews well. In a facility, you can really recognize this person isn't performing. You can get them out of the door. For an agency that doesn't have feedback, that kind of loop uh-huh. of feedback that shows what they're doing, who's performing, who's not performing, and somebody follow up consistently from our clinical team back and forth with the clinical employee and the nursing home, that's when somebody stays in the agency and they just kind of ride the system and they stay on for a while until something really bad happens. With our technology, with our systems and processes in place, we're catching that much, much earlier than somebody else. So the chance of that happening is very, very minimal compared to another agency. Got it. Okay, so it is possible. I mean, you'll have one of those people who do float from agency and that they will be in the system for a while. Basically, you're saying that the feedback is real and it's in real time and you can act on it as opposed to a regular agency that, like you just said, that I guess until something really bad, until they kill somebody. Unfortunately, they, really they'll stay happens. in the other agency for longer. For us, it'll be out right away. I mean, of course, we're pre-checking, we're doing competency testing, things like that. But you know, as you know, you may have hired somebody that, and other administrators out there that may have hired somebody that didn't work out. That happens, but how fast can you react to that? In a facility, you can see it right away. Our goal is to be able to see that just as well as a facility sees that. And if that ever does happen, we act right away so that person doesn't continue working in the network. And what about pricing? So we know that one of the reasons why they did place where you just mm-hmm. experienced that there was a nursing shortage and they didn't call in an agency is because bringing that agency nurse, even assuming that it's the perfect person who's going to complement everyone who's already there, and it is going to be beneficial for the staff. At the end of the day, the price point, maybe not the nurse themselves might not be making that much more money, but the agency is charging because they need to make money. So how do your pricing, I guess, compare to regular agencies. And this is something that which I think could be yeah. a big barrier. Um, so how do you deal with that? I don't work in the pricing sector, but I can talk upon it. You know, We're competitively priced. We're not in the low end of agency. But I would have to say that from a business perspective, which you know much more about the business and nursing home than I do, we do have clients that have started using us that used to be three-star staffing for CMS, and we brought them up to five-star staffing. So overall picture of their future potential profitability, I think that using us is probably a little bit less than overtime rates of their own individual clinical employees. So it's worth in the long run. What I believe is safe staffing, increasing your star rating, having your overall employee pool not ditch out on you because they're working too much. So I think there's been studies out there that have showed both ways that agencies cost more or less. Now, as CMS and different type of payment restructuring models are actually going out there and star rating and facility referrals is becoming more important, some of our bigger clients have been able to boost up their overall star ratings 
we don't have studies yet on their turnover for their own internal employees, but I can go out there and bet that with them working less overtime, they're going to be sticking with them longer. So I don't have definitely a solid answer. I don't have a white paper on it yet. It's something that I'm definitely looking to work on. But I would say that the cost is competitive to other agencies, but you get a lot more than you would for an agency just doing block booking versus us filling in and stopping that mandatory overtime of your current employees. Okay. So just to clarify here, because I actually wasn't sure about this point. So your pricing is saying it's competitive with other agencies in the staffing agencies. Yeah. Other staffing agencies in the industry. However, where other agencies are maybe they're just allowing the facility to continue to operate, you're actually helping solve the problem because you're not taking an agency nurse. I think what operators are concerned about is that you're going to come in with an agency. So we need to hire a full-time nurse from seven to three, whatever, five days a week. So if you're going to have an agency take that shift, there's nothing making the facility replace that agency person. The band-aid is on, it's going to stay, and that's very expensive. And sometimes that could be more than overtime. You know, the amount that the difference between the, what the facility is paying and what the agency is charging, and that could be a serious concern. However, if, like you're saying, that you're stopping the bleeding, or at least as a main focus, and the other nurses see you as a resource, and the facility sees you as a resource, and you can actually help with the most crucial with call-outs. And of course, uh, the nurses, after a certain amount of call-outs, they're going to leave because they can't deal with it and they have a life as well and they can't stay 16-hour shifts three times a week. Yeah, that's exactly correct. You know, we do provide a Band-Aid so if you lose one of your staff, I mean, we can cover you for 80 hours a week. We can cover you for 120 hours a week. Some facilities go much more than that. But it gives the DUN and the administrator in the schedule time to go recruit their own staff. Sometimes they're just trying to deal with their own mess and trying to fix what's going on, but they actually don't have time to really reach out to really even take some of our staff that is a really good performer and ask them to transition to their own staff. And that's something that facilities in around the whole country have done before is find really good staff in telecare and worked out a deal to actually have them come on staff with them. So that works as well. But it's a band-aid so you can actually deal with your own stuff going on rather than the DON covering shifts themselves. Right, which only exasperates the problem because the DON is going to be the one who's supposed to be finding the appropriate candidates. And if she's or he's on a cart and, you know, filling shifts, then that doesn't work. And that makes it even worse. And another point also is that as long as there's that, you're trying to hire staff in a rush because the DON is just too tired, so you're going to take anybody. As long as there's no big red X on them, then they're going to be hired. If they're available... Then you're stuck with them. You're stuck with them. And sometimes I think that's good because I'll pick up shifts, but sometimes, you know, sometimes they'll just make the problem worse. But they start calling out mm-hmm. as opposed to calming things down. There's that tension every time somebody calls out. It's like, oh my goodness, who's going to have to stay tonight? And you now people start yelling and screaming <laughs> at each other. And yeah, it's not pleasant. So with having such a system in place, you can definitely help with that. Are there any facilities that staff exclusively with IntelliCare? Does that even make sense? Yeah. I think in the business side and in the company, they're looking at the PBJ data. But there are nursing homes out there that are exclusive with IntelliCare because we can meet all their needs, including you know, more consistency. So they're booking out a long period of chunks. 10% of their staff is actually being utilized by IntelliCare and there's no reason to have other agencies. There still is you know, nursing homes out there that I see that they're kind of stuck on this 
the block booking. I mean, they are using two other agencies and they're kind of continuously coming. And I know that you said that, you know, sometimes the higher up corporate level doesn't like that because you're not getting your own staff. They're still doing that and they're supplementing us using for call us, using for if their census rises and falls. Right. You know, that's something that we're definitely expanding into because we realize that it, sometimes it is better to use one source and have the quality and all the records and all the data you can pull for PBJ data and DPH reports and things like that when surveyors come. So we're working to enhance our service to if you do want to have block booking out there, we can replace your other agency. But right now we have been a good chunk of our clients have been exclusive with us. There's other chunks that are still using other agencies just because they've been stuck with this, not stuck, but they really like this one person or two persons, a CNA or nurse, and they want to have them keep on coming the same schedule. Right, right. That's interesting. But what I meant with the question was if anyone staffs their entire facility with IntelliCare oh. as opposed to other agencies. Yeah, so I've seen it done before. When we started three or four years ago, I was the first nurse going out to these facilities. Now we've had a total of 8,000 nurses and nursing assistants, so I don't staff as much. Wait, there's 8,000 nurses and nursing assistants right now in IntelliCare? That have worked for us, yes, in the past. You know, each week, wow. right now it's between two and 3,000. We're in six states right now. And, you know, some nurses come on and they work once a month. Sometimes they work once every three months, and some do more full-time work with us. But in regards to that question exclusive, when we first started off, we were trying to fill 100% shifts, no matter what. We're still working on that goal, but we would do anything, including losing our own money and business to just fill your shift. We did staff some facilities that I've been to personally that there's three units and two nurses on each unit, and we were staffing six nurses per shift. Then for CNAs, you know, I see that we're staffing eight CNAs, and I'm thinking to myself, well, where's their own staff? How can you run a whole facility on agency personnel? I don't personally agree with that. I think that it's good to have your own staff there so when the agency comes in, if they're not familiar with it, they haven't been going consistently. And not all of the nurses that have been there 20 times. When you hit a certain point of being there 20 times, you probably feel pretty comfortable with that unit. But it's happened before that we may have staffed the whole unit and they have an on-call there you know, as well. But most facilities out there don't do that. And I don't necessarily think it's the best thing of staffing your whole facility with agency. So we've had talks with these individuals that have done it before and say, hey, you know, it's not best practice. I understand that our staff has been there a lot of times, but you still need to have some of your own agencies. It's very, very rare. I don't think it happens. It happened before in the past. And I would say that usually just looking at the numbers, it's 5%, 10% of their staff is ours. If you actually look at the PBJ data compared to one shift, somebody may have done it before in the past. Now, in your interactions now with facilities, in your role, as the co-founder of IntelliCare, is there any practices specifically in regards to staffing that strike you as surprising uh, from the outsider's perspective and what you see or feel is, is prevalent in nursing home operations? In your interactions, like, are you coming across things that are like, wow, they should, why are they doing things this way? Or the opposite of like, wow, look how amazing they're doing it. They have Uber for dining trucks. <laughs> for other innovations that that nursing homes are using. It's hard to answer that. I do know our business. I know staffing. What I'm really hoping to get out you know, of potentially supplementing the future of helping out as I see some needs for internal scheduling software from the workforce management. You know, I've seen some of the rating machines that you've talked about in your podcast before that families can rate particular experiences, which would also be rating our nurses because our nurses are their nurses when they're there. 
you know, I've seen over the last couple of years, many facilities switching over to EMAR systems because there's still major corporations out there that haven't upgraded to the, the matrix or the PCC. And that's a little bit harder from a staffing standpoint of sending nurses in there to do paper documents. Since it's easy to miss records and things like that. So I've definitely seen the evolving of a more digital sense. And some of the shocking moments are really what... No, that's not optional to go to EMAR. I mean, they kept on pushing it off. I actually don't know what the final deadline is. Maybe you know better than I do. But everyone was supposed to have already been electronic. There are still facilities that uh, you send nurses to that are on paper. There are. In Massachusetts or other states? In all states. It's the select few of facilities that are out there. Usually they're part of a corporation that really hasn't upgraded their systems. They're definitely transitioning, and I've seen more transition over the last couple of months. But from a standpoint of an agency nurse coming in, it's actually much better to be in a computerized system because just managing that long book of different records that some pages are falling out and things like that, it turns into a a lot of nurses coming back because they didn't see a page. So it's usually some of the the big corporate facilities that haven't transitioned, but they're still in process of it. So I've seen that, you know, highly recommend as CMS mandating to switch over to computerized copies or medical administration records. It would make my job a lot easier, <laughs> but you know, make everyone's job a lot yeah, easier. it would make everyone's job better patient care overall. You mentioned the uh, scheduling software. I've worked with a bunch myself. Is there anything in particular that you would think should be included in a good scheduling software? Yeah, I've seen some products out there that are starting to implement this. Usually they're expensive, but it's running your own internal per diem workforce. I think that's kind of the key to the future. You know, right now we consider ourselves workforce management. We're staffing outside nurses to cover shifts. We definitely feel like either partnering with a solution that uses our technology, their technology to supplement your own internal pool. Mm -hmm. And it may be harder to run that with a small facility, but if you can bulk up your different facilities that are relatively close to each other in a corporate chain of five or 10, and as well as using the same system almost as a VMS to connect with your agencies, you know, I definitely think there's big opportunity for not just taking that to the hospital system, but down to the nursing home level and putting that into a package that kind of combines everything and it just makes it one system. I think there's a lot of inefficiencies or it's communicating with your own workforce. I've worked at a lot of facilities before and they're making phone calls at five, six in the morning trying to get you. Using the same technology we're doing, using with in-app notifications, a bunch of different other methods of getting people to pick up shifts with your own pool is definitely going to be of benefit. Now people are doing text groups and yep. WhatsApp groups and things like that. That you know We have a shift and people are responding yep. to the whole group and they should have been private messaging. And it's effective. It's much more effective than it used to be, specifically WhatsApp, which a lot of people use. But at the same time, yeah, there certainly are, there's no real way to track who said what. You have to go back. That happens also a lot of times. I know from schedulers I've worked with that a nurse says they pick up a shift and some, you know, they respond in some means, let's say on a text, <laughs> and then they don't show up and they picked up the shift. You have to find the, go with your phone, try to find the text, remember when, what time it was and take a screenshot and send it and like, oh, no, you did. I mean, the nature of it would have to be, I mean, I guess a web-based system might be nice, but I think it would have to be a mobile app because just the nature of the business. We're not talking about people sitting in an office. We're talking about someone at the dinner table getting a text from someone in the facility that someone just called out, or maybe even a better system for calling out as well. Because that also, who do you call out to? Do you call out to the nurse manager? Do you call it to the DON? Do you call it to the scheduler? What happens if the scheduler's not there, the scheduler's off? 
And I called out, and then, yeah, but the nurse forgot to write it down, or they wrote it down somewhere, but didn't tell anyone. Yeah. And these are things that happen all the time. Yeah, it happens on the weekend, especially. There's more call-outs on the weekend, and there's nobody really there to manage the call-outs, you know, in some facilities. So the spring fever-itis, <laughs> right? When there's a nice day to go to the beach, and all of a sudden, everyone's not feeling well. Yep. And they post on Facebook their pictures. So there's a lot of technology that we can, in the future, and other companies will be doing as well, is bringing the same type of on-demand status and mobile apps into your scheduling platform. And you know, a lot of our clients are using Excel spreadsheets. They're using our schedule. You know, it is bringing that into a freemium version that somebody could use that's not expensive because I understand that there's tools out there that are really targeted to hospitals that are going into nursing homes and they charge you hundreds, if not thousands of dollars a month. Sometimes that's mm-hmm. cost inhibitive. And some of the administrators in the higher level you know, their opinion could be like, oh, well, we have a schedule for that. Figure it out. Well, yeah, we can figure it out, but it's not that effective and it's not that efficient and it doesn't really work that well. And we could do it much better. Right. So the problem with that is hard for cutting in, but the problem with that type of mindset and it's true is that if it's just going to make someone's job easier and it doesn't dollars and cents bring me in more revenue or cut expenses, then finance, you know, whoever's making those financial decisions, at the end of the day, it's hard for so it's well, I'm happy that the schedule is going to go home and be nicer to his or her spouse or whoever they meet on their way. That's great because I'm paying for a better software for them when they could have figured it out themselves. But if we can prove how it's beneficial financially and you can say, well, it's not just going to be easier, but it's actually going to decrease overtime or employee satisfaction or retention. Decrease turnover. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. It's going to decrease turnover because they know that when they call out, it's going to get to the right person because everyone gets that notification in real time. And they know that they're going to be held accountable and they're okay with that because transparency, you know, some people are still scared to put everything, you know, they're scared to have conversations like this and are recorded and videos and putting their anything out on social media because, you know, people are going to see, but most people are biting the bullet and welcoming the transparency and the honesty that it brings out in people because you can't just get out there anymore and just tweet about whatever you want and think that no one's going to see it. I'm not referring to anyone in particular. I'm just saying in general, there's a certain level of accountability that exists when we have this technology affords us this level of transparency. And you know we can actually see who people are and how they interact with people. So my point is that if you can show decision makers how dollars and cents, this is going to be not just easier, I mean, I've worked with some really primitive systems going back a few years where the selling point was you're getting away from the spreadsheets. But like they had some very basic texting systems inside where you could send the initial text out from the system to a million people, but you can't see the responses. Then you have to go back to your phone and it doesn't sync and you don't know who said what. And some of them were fairly costly and at the same time, not very effective because that wasn't the focus. Their focus was scheduling the shifts. Their focus was knowing what's going on. If you're a nurse, you come and you see your name on the schedule and you don't think that you're supposed to work then or the opposite. You come in and you schedule your whole day and you come to schedule and you're not on. That also makes people not come back. So they solved that problem well where when people are on, they're supposed to be on. When they're off, they're off. But as far as the communication piece that they haven't done yet. So I'm expecting you guys to work this out. 
right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we haven't seen too many solutions out there that really have addressed it for nursing homes. There has been a couple, but we're open to partnering with other solutions and enhancing their services, linking up with different type of VMS system or MSP for an individual facility that runs their own per diem pool. What was VMS, MSP? So it is basically two systems of VMS. You usually are a group that contracts out with a bunch of different agencies. MSP is almost a managed service provider. It's the same thing, but somebody, another company is actually running this for you. And you know, we see this in the staffing world that bigger hospitals run these services. And I know particularly Genesis, they do this type of system. They use this platform where they're connecting all their agencies and they're also having somebody manage it for them. Our idea is to have this kind of schedule platform that you're running your own pool and you're running ours. Hopefully it'll be within ours or an integration with another vendor that actually delivers good service. But it's, it's the price. The price that we can reasonably tell a nursing home if they're, obviously there's some reimbursement issues going on right now at nursing homes. And how can we do it that's sustainable and is not too much of a sell, but also is functional? It provides value. It's not expensive. And because we're over here actually, you know, making a business on staffing, that we can still reasonably provide this solution for you for a much cheaper cost. The vendors out there and the software vendors that just focus on scheduling, sometimes that's how they're trying to make all their money. They're trying to stay afloat as a business by just selling you software. And that's the margins that investors are looking for are high. They're looking to make a lot of money off of software. So we're in the world that we're, we're doing another business. It's very relative to our business. And, you know, right now we're aggressively looking for partners or developing our own software to kind of connect that together to have the workforce management solution that's affordable. Also, you can use some staffing if you need it. So you want to create the complete staffing solution for nursing homes. In other words, help them manage, maintain, retain their own internal staffing while at the same time supplementing as necessary. Yeah, I am very proactively um, into 2D and 3D animation for clinical nurses as well. So, you know, we're very much enhancing our education platform for our own nurses. You know, with this type of solution, I would love, and it's kind of my dream to have a platform that you can also provide CEUs to your own staff as well as our staff. You know, that's the dream. So you're adding education to that. Yeah, we have education to our own nurses right now. We're enhancing it. We're adding different features. We're adding different diagnoses, change of condition, things like that. And just plain straight patient handoffs, the appropriate way to do a patient handoff to decrease falls, things like that are their basics. But you know, if we're training our own nurses, my dream out there, which I always look far in the future is, how can we push this to more nurses? There's technology out here that we're utilizing for our own. If a client out there in the future subscribes to our package, our scheduling workforce management system, how do we give them all the tools that we're developing for our 8,000 current nurses that we're working with right now? It's definitely far-fetched, but you know, we're looking to make big changes in the nursing home world. I think that a lot of companies are focused on big hospitals and they kind of, nursing home is always the kind of the secondary, like, ah, there's not enough money to be made. And I think that there's just so much patient care experience that you can increase in nursing homes. There's so much opportunity. And money to be made. There is. It has to be a good price point for nursing homes because, you know, Medicaid is not reimbursing at the levels. Exactly. So that's our goal is, of course, we're going to keep on concentrating on staffing, but how do we add additional features that makes it better for nursing homes to increase their own workforce management? That's really our dream. Wow. So there are solutions that do provide certain levels of online learning for nurses 
and some of it yep. they're expensive and some of them are limited they're expensive you know because some as nursing by definition yeah. some things have to be hands-on but i like the idea that you're trying to use some advanced technology to be able to bridge that gap to some extent absolutely yeah you need some interactivity yep. within a digital sense to really have somebody understand and to test off and to compensate on it it's not just looking at a piece of paper, reading, and then answering some questions. That learning, it's not effective. Chris, it's really refreshing to see someone apply this level of technology to an industry that's traditionally very behind when it comes to these types of cutting-edge solutions and really solving a real pain point. I mean, it seems from this conversation that being short-staffed and the staffing agency problem on a personal level to you, and tell me if I'm wrong, was a painful problem. It was, yeah. You seem to be on a mission to make sure that the problem is decreased until it could exist as the least amount possible, and which is why you're not stopping at supplying nursing homes Mm -hmm. with nurses, which is wonderful, and CNAs, right? Yep. CNAs are a big part of our business for nursing homes as well. But we really want to turn into a full solution. So staffing is the agency piece is where you have right now. I'm just trying to envision the full thing. Yeah. Presenting it to an owner or an operator is that we're the full service nursing home staffing provider. So we help you hire your own staff. We help you schedule your own staff. We help you educate your own staff. We help you with retention. We help you when they call out, they have a way to do that. They have communication. And when you need assistance, we can help you with this. And being that you're very well positioned, again, I think this is pretty much what you were saying before, you're pretty well positioned because you have this income from the agency, you can offer some of the other solutions, the software solutions without charging that very high premium like other companies have to charge. The software itself is not necessarily the expensive part, the development, but you know, once it's there, it's there. And if you have a team in-house that can do such things, either in-house or like you said, partnering, that it sounds like really exciting things are to come down the road and you're just getting started. We are just getting started. And what you said is, you know, describes us. We do something really well right now. We're adding different solutions. We have an in-house development team that is innovative. It's the things that we're doing aren't really out there. But of course, we're bringing in some pieces out there that are out in the market that we think we can enhance, but also provided our or lower cost, particularly for nursing homes. You know, we are 99.5% nursing homes. There's been some assisted livings that have just asked to join and we supplement them because it's not much different, but we focus on nursing homes. And I think that technology has, except for maybe PCC, has come to nursing homes in a big way. A lot of these other vendors have overlooked and really concentrated their resources on large, cute care massive organizations and they've kind of left out nursing homes or they want to charge a real lot of money and nobody can afford the solution. So we're bringing that together in a package that's affordable and also keeping our staffing, which allows us to grow the other parts of our business. Awesome. I really appreciate your time, Chris, for sharing some of your knowledge and your background, a little bit about your company. It's really exciting. It's really uh, innovative technology and solving something in a real way. If our listeners want to learn more about your company and see if it's available in their state and to understand how they can sign up and avail themselves to your services, where is the best place to send them? Sure. Our website is IntelliCare.com. That's I-N-T-E-L-Y-C-A-R-E.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and the rest of the social media platforms as well. Well, I really appreciate it. Any final thoughts before we let you go? It really is so innovative. 
I, we just need to kind of let this all sink in. But is there anything else that we don't know about your company that we should know before we close up this episode? Yeah, I think right now we're expanding into Illinois and New Jersey. So if anyone out there is in those two states, definitely look us up. We usually start off and within three, four months, we're usually one of the bigger vendors of staffing. So we spread throughout the state pretty quickly. So looking forward to seeing you guys and girls out there from those states. Awesome. Okay, that's good news. We certainly have listeners in both of those states. So head on to IntelliCare.com. Chris, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the Nursing Home Podcast. Thanks for having me. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Nursing Home Podcast. Be sure to share this episode with all of your friends in the nursing home industry and just tell them to head on over to the nursinghomepodcast.com. In the meantime, head on over to iTunes. Leave me an honest, wonderful review. Take a screenshot of it and I will send you a gift straight and special for you. Again, head on over to iTunes. Leave me an honest review. Take a screenshot of it and send it on over to me on LinkedIn. And I will be sure that we send something out special just for you. Have an awesome day.